0: BLOB TALK
1: RADIO This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what?
0: The Gigi the sugar can't quit, what? Now pop the cork in the vega and get lit, Why What? What? What?
1: what? Introduction, phantom of the dog Walk through my hazard with levitation from reference, mention deep as an east step and show bowling with Rugas, flashbangs. finds battle Let's get forward this first as we confiscate your figures. Chessing over brown, leopard-tatin', G and that cheeky Zilla Hada car. 54, chasing diamond, running, teddy ice band. Puppet killer, diamond, convention, hauling, buck strut. Reason world, heights, Hollywood, madam, butterfly. Let me in your house, the pleasure. From the knuckle swatch, shadow watches, catching black eye blue. I play the thief. what? Sensations at the Marchie Barbie, sphin and cheebar. Fulfilling pleasures in my castle, blow the smoke out. The Goss of Vegas substitutes when the Dutch is gone. The low don't stop, give me shouts at the you two players for swerving on no corners We Magnus to Moolah, living with Charlie's ain't you's honest No smiling with sliding, that gets you caught up in the octa Or dead for moving, it's just like that as we proceed Saturday night special, you better take it light You Ja you're the capitaine. quest to the coast The key white the chengen. Keep your ears out, four a If the fountain blue, house of bamboo, paradise This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what?
0: Good evening, what's going on, how y'all doing, hope y'all doing great, um, just wrapping up the week, uh, hadn't done two podcasts in a week in a while, I guess I've been sleeping for a while, I guess, a, or a too busy one, but at any rate, let's just get the show on the road. Uh, my name is Scott Burks. I am the creator of the Clown Times. It's Conspelva K, and this is the Clown Hour. And um, you can find my blog on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. You can also you can also rather find me on Facebook. Um, just uh, where I'm hanging out and being much more loose. Than I am on here, if you could believe that. But at any rate. Just do a search for the Clown Times and the search one in the upper left hand corner. Again, it's Clownsville K. You'll be able to find me there as well. Um we're gonna kind of this is kind of kind of been an interesting week. Uh the college football season just wrapped up officially Monday night with uh uh Clemson losing to uh Alabama, uh forty five to forty. And uh basically uh the the uh, dynasty continues uh for the University of Alabama and one Nick Saban who for my money, is is the greatest coach alive, or the greatest coach ever lived, uh, even better than the even uh, even better than the um, than the legendary Bear Bryant. But at any rate, instead of talking about Alabama, since I'm a native, of, well, not native, but I grew up in the ACC country, with the NC State, and all that, I'm gonna focus on Clemson and its impact. You know, uh, I'm sorry, in its future. Uh, from the national championship game. You know, I, uh, you know, I think that it's bright. I think the future is bright for Clemson, I think, in turn. It may be brighter for the ACC come next football season. So, at any rate, uh, to help me break this down, uh, he is very new to the podcast. We talk a lot on Twitter. Uh, so, it's good that I'm bringing him on here tonight. Um, he's from the um, from the uh, all – let me let make sure I got this wrong. I'm sorry. All Sports Discussion ACC. Um, his name is Matthew Warner. Uh he goes by Hokie Smash on Twitter, so please check him out there and his in his contributions to to the blog. So Matthew, welcome. How you doing? Hey right?
1: man, I it is good to be a first time guest on here. How you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good, man. It's uh wrapping pretty much wrapping up the uh end of college football. I'm pretty sad about that, even though we have Maybe three more weeks, give or take, of the NFL playoffs before we go into the, the into the abyss, which is months of football, much like without football season. So I'm getting ready for, I brace myself for the long cold winter that 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 is for me. So uh, <laughs> you
1: got it, man. You got it, man. It is for a lot of us. I mean, we're still obviously watching. You know, we're big time. Got some big time interest here, of course, in. In in ACC hoops here, so Jeff and I, Jeff and I, Jeff and I also love that a lot too. But we we hear you, and we we hear you. We're we're big fans of college football, and man, and at the end of March Madness, we're going to be thinking, oh my gosh, you get into those dog days, and you start thinking, where's football? Where's football? Here's spring football. What's after that? So I hear you.
0: Right. Damn baseball! I know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) They call call it the dog days of summer for a reason. No football, no basketball. Oh, I'm not. You got it, man. You got it. Be that as it may. So, I'm gonna carry on the uh, tradition of uh, first time on the show. I'd like to pretty much introduce them to the um, to the listeners and just talk about how have you gotten to this point? Like, how long have you been a fan? You know, your your, your, like your background led you to. Doing what you do. So, in your case, what led you to covering ACC sports on your sports bar that you do with Jeff?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, I, I, I guess I can go back all the way a long time ago. I mean, my my uh, my my uncle moved to Blacksburg the day I was born in in 1971, right? Wow. And, yeah, and he became the he became uh, he he became a professor at Virginia Tech. And later on became the uh, the dean of the College of Education at Virginia Tech. And wow. I have just have liked the Hokies as long as I've been alive. So I've, I've seen some really bad football teams at, at Virginia Tech. I mean, I remember when Virginia Tech lost to William & Mary and schools like that. And then, of course, I've seen the great national championship run in 1999, the great quarterbacks that have come out of there, and, of course, in Michael Vick and Tyrod Taylor. The be, the All great right. defensive backs. I mean, too many to count. Of course, that had come out of Virginia Tech, and I even remember when Virginia Tech was, was bigger, when basketball was bigger there than football in the eighty in the eighties. Get out of here! <laughs> you got it, man. I mean, you got it, man. The holler, the the and hokies, the running hokies. I mean, with. with you know, I, you know, with De, with De, with Dell with and you know, and the gang down there, and it went on to, oh, of, course. of course, he went yeah. on to the Charlotte Hornets, and oh. you know, it's yeah. I mean, I, I've been a fan of Virginia Tech for you know all my life, and that kind of, you know, and Jeff and I kind of just kind of connected on Twitter, and you know, I didn't want to run you know a full time blog myself, and I said, well, I, you know, I can contribute here and there for you, and all of a sudden we just. The blog's taken off in the last couple of years. I mean, we this year we were this year we were interviewed by, uh, or at least I was interviewed by by Ralph Russo of the Associated Press regarding the Virginia Tech uh, head football coach situation. And okay. you know, it's just it's just taken off from there. And we've had you know some excellent guests come on the pod, uh, on the podcast. I know you're coming on here in the future, and and it's just it's been fun. Yes. You know, so we just do this for fun.
0: Okay, cool. So you mentioned that you. You remember a time where um, basketball was bigger than football at the school, which is, you know, for a young guy like me, I'm a few years younger than you, but um, for a guy like me, it seems that I remember is Frank Beamer in, in yeah. the uh, late 80s. You know, that's when I started paying attention more to college football. Definitely, started definitely. Attention to college football. So, you know, I, I knew that Dale Curry, I almost forgot that Dale Curry is an alumnus of of, of, of Virginia Tech. But it's hard for me to fathom that basketball. At one a time, basketball was bigger there than football. It seemed like it's the ultimate football school.
1: It it it, it and it it really is. It really is hard to fathom considering the job Virginia. You know that Frank Bieber did at Virginia Tech because, I mean, you recall. I mean, if the if the administration didn't give him a couple extra years, you know, they yeah. they were considering whether they were going to fire him. You know, because he had a couple of really bad seasons. And they gave him a couple of extra years, and all of a sudden the program just took off. I mean, you see the, you know, the biggest obviously. I mean, I think where a lot of people, a lot of fans see where Virginia took off was when they beat Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Uh in, yeah. in you know, and and that was that was a huge win, and they put Virginia Tech on the map. I mean, because you saw Corso and the gang basically said, oh, Virginia Tech doesn't have a chance to play. To play Texas in this game, blah blah blah, and then Tech, and Virginia Tech just went out there and smacked the Longhorns in the mouth and won by you mm. know by more than three scorers in that game, and that's when the program really took off. Yeah, yeah. That so was so that was exactly? in 1995.
0: Nineteen ninety five. Okay, nineteen
1: ninety five. Yep, and that's when it really took off.
0: Wow! Wow! So thank yeah, you. and so i and I'm that? one of the
1: few Hokies that you'll ever know from North. I'm from North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> yes, I'm from North Dakota, and probably one of a handful of people from North Dakota that have set uh, set foot on on Blacksburg's campus. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it's sort of funny. It, my my uncle came from North Dakota, and like I said, he moved there the day I was born, and that's that's how I that's how I, I began bleeding all this uh, maroon and orange, you know. So and then I ended up going wow. to graduate school at Virginia Tech, and that's you know kind of how I got my way out to the East Coast.
0: Gotcha. So basically, you were born in North Dakota,
1: then yeah, you went to undergraduate did. school there.
0: Well, okay, okay, got, got it. So, so
1: you, so so
0: you spent your collegiate career, if you will, at Von uh, Tech, and so you're on the
1: East Coast now. Is that right? At, at yeah, I am. I'm here in Alexandria, Virginia, right outside the D.C. area.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I used to live in Springfield a few years ago.
1: So yeah, uh, yeah, it's right down the road for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: very familiar. Very with, familiar with the fishbowl. So I mean I'm sorry. So the mixable, the mixable, rather. So yeah, yeah. 395, <laughs> 95, 495. Do not miss the so ever. Even though I loved old town, but <laughs> you know you got it, man. Um, you got Cincinnati, it. Cincinnati. So it's all good. So let's just get started, man. Um, I, I, like I know we can talk about, about all things Vodtech. Um Well, one more thing before we get into it, I had to ask you, how do you feel about Justin the hiring of Justin Puente? And the circumstances surrounding him and the retention of both Fawcett to run your defense.
1: Boy, I I think that that was, I mean by all by all standards, Scott, I think that that was an absolute home run. I don't think that anybody any other team came out as good as Virginia Tech did, and 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 that's that's pretty I mean a pretty strong compliment coming from me and coming from a lot mm-hmm. of people. I mean, you see like folks like Dan Wolken you know, for people like Matt Zemek. Uh, you know, and of course, the, you know uh, Zemek, of course, writes for the student section that you know Ka- Blockland's col- college sports blog, and now it's called the Comeback, right? And then you Dan sure. Wolkin, who writes for the USA Today. They've all said that Virginia Tech came out with an A plus hire. I mean, for to be able to hold on to Bud Foster as the defensive coordinator, and then of course move him. He recently got moved to associate head coach, which was that you know it was mm. a a banner move on the part of yeah. Justin Fuente, and to be able to get Justin Fuente to come to Blacksburg when there were there were a lot of suitors out there for him, and yeah. for us to be able to get him on campus is just simply it's simply amazing to me. It went beyond my it went beyond my my wildest dreams in terms of how the coaching search would go. Yeah,
0: because I remember when I first heard about the hires being, being bad to the barrel, you know, being, like uh, being talked about, I heard the name Rich Rodriguez a little bit, and I was thinking about with Babcock's connection to Rich Rodriguez. I'm thinking, wow, if Rich Rodriguez really wants to get back to the East Coast, which was heavily agreement he wanted out, out of Arizona to get back to the East Coast, I was thinking that, hey, that would be a cool hire, you know, because he pretty much brought the spread to West Virginia. And, you know, the spread would probably work well for Georgia Tech. But that's, like before I got to know about Justin Fuentes, and, and so what he's done at Memphis, pretty much taken the program out of nowhere and dealing with much less resources. So I think the sky's definitely the limit, especially the quarterback that he's that he's recruited from the, from the JUCO ranks is like the top five or whatever, like dual-threat quarterbacks or what have you, similar to the similar mold as, 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 as Paxton Lynch. Memphis, I like your guys higher, and I like—I really like y'all a lot for next year. I really like
1: that a lot. I—I I think we turned out. I think we turned out just excellent, excellent. I mean, you know, <laughs> some people say that okay, Herman. You know, her, you know, if we could have got Herman, that might have been a notch above. But I mean, I—I I feel like that's number one A and number one B. You know what I mean, sort of a thing. I mean, I, I mean sure, because sure. T- to me, I mean to me, in my opinion, Scott. I mean, I feel like I feel like. Tom Herman is just waiting it out for Texas or Texas AM. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like he's just staying there for a year because something's going to happen at either either one of the school either one of the schools. You know, and I feel like wow. I mean, for us to be able to get Fuente in there and to be able to keep Bud Foster was uh, was like you know it's like uh, like it's like having a magician and I and I feel like we have a magician in that athletic director chair because <laughs> we also have Bud we also have Buzz Williams in Blacksburg.
0: That's right.
1: You know, that's and right. so, so to be able to have two top-notch game. coaches like that in Southwest Virginia, which is, you know, let's be fair, it's a little remote, is, sure. is, is 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 just terrific.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a very good thing. So, props to your awesome Flood the He's one of the best out there. There's no doubt about that. Okay, uh, now that we've been getting that uh, bleeding, but uh, maroon and orange out of the way. Uh, let's talk about some orange. Right, right, right. And Clemson. Um, so I was impressed by the way Clemson played in the national championship game. Everybody and their mothers, except for those who really know better, except for those who really knew better, rather, predicted a blowout in Alabama's favor. I always thought that Clemson had a good shot at beating uh Alabama, if not at least staying competitive, because of one Deshaun Foster. I mean, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson, rather. And you know, predictably, Watson not only was up to the task, he he exceeded and then some. He really single-handedly almost beat Alabama, almost pulled a Vets Young on mm-hmm. USC, you know, way back when. And I really, I really, really liked the way Clinton competed. They weren't scared of Alabama at all, and it was just that that uh, onside kick, man. I mean, I'm telling you, special teams is taken for granted, and that 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 onside kick changed the whole complexion and momentum of that game. I mean, before that, Alabama was on its heels against
1: Clemson. So, what are your
0: thoughts? on the National Championship game
1: and how it all played out. Well no, I think you're right. I mean I think you bring up a very good point and it, it brings up the you know, about the special teams and I think it brings up a very good point about having a dedicated coach on staff to coach special teams because I
0: yes.
1: I, I think that I think that was a I think that was an issue for Clemson all game on, all game long. They all they not only had difficulty with with um, that onside kick, right? I mean, and, and let's right. be fair, too. Let's, I mean, let's give, st- let's give Saban credit where credit is due. That was an excellent call on his part it in was that boring. part of the game. It, it, took, it was very I mean, boring. how rare is it to, for you to see him smile, Scott? And he was right. grinning ear to ear.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, because he knew that he hit the jackpot. I mean, oh because, my gosh.
1: Well, I mean it was like he'd won the yeah, it was like he won the power ball or something like that. I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen him smile like I, I don't think I've ever seen him smile like that in a game and he nailed it. But but it's it wasn't just it wasn't just the um the uh the the, uh, the onside kick, but it was also I mean, let's be fair, it was also the uh it was an excellent, excellent call from you know, on on he had he had his kick he had his kick returns and his punt returns set up very yeah. well. Right. And and Cle- yes. and, Cle- and yes. Clemson really didn't have an answer for that, you know, and I, but, but I do think, I mean, and it's, we, we got, we also have to give credit where credit's due for Clemson. I mean, like you heard a lot of these ESPN guys and I know, you, you know, you watch football as much as Jeff and I do a lot of these ESPN right. analysts. Oh, is Clemson even going to make it across the midfield? Right. Yeah. And like, right. oh my gosh, you know, are they going to even, are they going to have negative yards rushing? Well, I mean, I think a lot of that was put to bed. Oh God. Dude. <laughs> right?
0: <crazy> <laughs> right? I
1: mean, seriously. I mean, like, I mean, look. I mean, because uh, you've even heard. I mean, we even heard uh, Saban say, like, you know, if we if we could simulate what Deshaun Watson does in practice, that person would be starting for us. Right. Right. You know. Right. And Watson is. Watson has proven that. I mean, in my opinion, Scott. But Watson has proven that he's the odds-on favorite for the Heisman next year.
0: Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. I mean, I, it's out of here. Him, he and, um, uh, what's his name from Stanford, uh, Christian McCaffrey. It's You're just right. going to be a two-man race with those two cats. Anyone else could just might as well not even show up. I mean, unless Leonard Fournette has an ungodly season, but I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those two young men, especially Deshaun Watson being the favorite because, he again, he think, almost single-handedly beat Alabama. Alabama had no answer for him. I mean, Alabama's front seven, dude, littered with all littered with future pros. You know, guys who'll be playing on Sundays in the next not next year, the year after at least. And he, and, and, and 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 Watson just made him look like boys. I mean, he was he, he was not stopped. He was not to be stopped that night. He it was, it was not to be stopped that night. And that's just amazing performance. I mean, to see someone tear up Alabama's defense like that opened up a lot of eyes. And he is just a sophomore, which is the scariest part
1: about the whole deal. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. Dude. And it's
0: nothing look good for my NC State Wolfpack next season. I mean, Miles will be another 50 to nothing score. Or something like that because we couldn't stop in the last two years. We're not, not going to stop them next year.
1: So, man, let me ask you a question about NC State. I mean, do you feel like this is like yes, sort of a crossroads for for Dave Doran?
0: Yes, that's a short answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean because
1: I answer. because yes. right. I mean because I mean a lot of people said that. Okay, and I you know I love my hokies and everything, but a lot of you know a lot of people said right. well you know, that was a really bad loss for him, loss loss for him coming to Blacksburg, and I think to a degree, I mean those were two very you know coming into that game, I thought Virginia Tech was going to win at home because just because of the home field matchup, sure. and because I thought that Virginia Tech had a better de- had a better defense, and it's hard to play you know it, you know Virginia Tech ha- has been uneven over the last couple of years, but still going into Blacksburg and winning is hard, right? And, I thought that I thought that, but I thought that NC State had a chance to win, and then when they lost that game, I thought, well, you know, they're going to have difficulty against against the rest of the ACC. But they did, you know, they did, you know, to NC State's credit, they played Clemson really hard. You know, I mean, that was a right. close game for three for three quarters. But you know, and I saw that you know they made a change to their offensive coordinator. Uh, I I I don't know who they hired, I, and I the name escapes me, but I know Matt Canada left. Yeah.
0: Some yeah, some dude yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I know that some dude because I I couldn't recognize his name to be honest with you. Right, right, um, right.
1: You know, so I mean, I feel like this is this is a going to be an interesting. This I mean, I feel like he's going to be on the hot seat next year. Right, and that's the thing.
0: I, I I this is my thing. The way they came out flat against Mississippi State and what should have been, which was a de facto home game. It was played in Charlotte. Charlotte's only and I don't mean to yell at you but Charlotte is like maybe two and a half hour drive of that from Raleigh. It's a freaking home game. We didn't show up. We absolutely did not show up. And it it and it's just it's just it's just baffling and it's it's, it's uncalled for, it's inexcusable and to go through a start like that in front of a friendly crowd. And yet, Mississippi State just run all over us. As a matter of fact, uh, the quarterback, his name escapes me, is still running over us as we speak. Um, yeah, right, it's, it's, right, it's, right, 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 I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it was just, it's just, it was just shameful. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassment. And I think he's on the clock. He is on the clock. And, and I really do think that, I think that, uh, you know, it's just, i think well what's really gonna happen is probably gonna happen is this. I think that he's gonna be he will start this next season on a hot seat even though he should but he won't because of how of how well he did in the second year. But I think that the honeymoon is coming to an end very, very soon. And I think that if Doran doesn't get it together, if he doesn't finish above five hundred A C C which was probably hard to do because the conference as a whole is going to look a whole lot better next year and we'll get into that in a moment. Then at least not win eight games, then I'd be afraid for his future. I I I I would I'm I don't think it'd be long for Wolfpack Nation if he doesn't win at least seven games next season.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I think he has to I think he has to win eight. I think he Scott, I think he has to win one of one of Florida State, Louisville, or Clemson. He has to win one of those games next year. Yeah, he has to.
0: One I'm of those worried. three he's got to it win. It's going to be a tall order, brother, because, I mean, aside from Florida State and Clemson being like national powers now, Louisville, Louisville is making that a trial for Oh yeah, the yeah! They got eighteen returning
1: three. starters next year. I actually think they, can, I actually think they have a chance to be second in the Atlantic. If they play their cards yes. right, they have a chance to be second in the Atlantic. Yes,
0: and we have to go against that. Those three guys in the same division. Right, right, right. And no, I hear you. Fair. Oh God, it's not even fair. But you know, life's not fair. Blah blah blah. But man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sad year. So. Speaking of the members of the um I, I'm pretty sure that most people now that their eyes have been open since the, since the National Championship game to what's going on in clifton South Carolina. Um, and you alluded to this point earlier. clifton should be ranked at least in the top two, if not
1: number yes. one. Yes, yes. The, I, the I, I think there's a chance they could be start out the year ranked number one in the country.
0: And looking at the, the, and looking at the schedule, dude. I looked at the schedule last night. The of conference consists of all oh, time from the Power Fives for Now, they get Auburn on the road opening weekend.
1: They Yeah, get Auburn and on the and road and, and, they, and they'll win that.
0: They should win. They should yes, win. Yes, they, they will. Shouldn't be, even be close. Um, they will win that game. And, and they, 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 you know, they get South Carolina home, which they should beat little for company at home.
1: Oh, they just so smacked him forward? around because Will, Will Muschamp's Mestrom, never been somebody who's been good at offense. He, he,
0: he's like, he's like, <laughs> okay. he doesn't believe in offense. He's like, oh, whatever, let's just go three yards, let's call it the end, play defense. Um, but one thing that's going to stick out to me about this schedule, that sticks out to me about the schedule, they have to go to Florida State. Now, yes. that's the main thing. Florida State, except for this past saved last season, has been in Clemson's heads the past few seasons, Um right. And the thing is, is yeah, I mean, the way they like not this past season, but two seasons ago, when 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 like uh, dude fumbles like for Clemson right when they were about to score against Florida State to possibly win the game in overtime. I didn't think I I, I wonder they were gonna how they gonna get over that, but they but Clemson did to their credit get over that Florida State hump. And the way the, it's going to be like, if, if Florida State's quarterback situation is not quite right, right, I think Clifton will make it two years in a row over them. which, But I think it would be a tall order, even with the Sean Watson at the helm going to Tallahassee and to, and to Clifton's House of Horrors and try to knock off what used to be Big Brother, again, for the second year in, in a row. And if they do that,
1: the rest of the schedule just sets right up nicely. They get well, no, no, do you home. recall, uh, no, and I'll, I'll use this, uh, Davo has finally, dis- finally said, okay, I'm going to play my top-tier talent because when Clemson lost there on the road two years ago, yeah, Deshaun Watson was not starting in that game, and he should have been starting in that game. Yeah. He should have been playing that entire game. Mm-hmm. And he did not, and I I think that that is the reason that Clemson <laughs> lost that game. And you're you're 100 Florida State has to get their has to get their quarterback situation uh, laid out, you know, set laid out. They have to know who's going to be a quarterback. That said, Scott, I I'm pretty sure they will because this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a showcase game for the ACC, right? I mean, yes, pretty right. much. And so they're going to put this game. Back towards the end of the sea, back towards the end of the season when it ma- when it really matters, you know, and not towards mm-hmm. the front. Right. And by that time, Florida State. I mean, if, if Florida State doesn't have their their quarterback situation, you know, sorted out, that then, then then there's probably different issues there because I would have questions there. About, you know Jim has got to get that together. But I, I think that they will. And you know, they've got 17 starters back. Right. They've got the second most number of starters coming back. In the ACC, I mean, Dalvin Cook's coming back. That's huge, right? Mm-hmm. And, right? And so, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, Clemson's got about, you know, they have fewer. They have about, but they have eight. But, but they do have eight starters coming back on offense, right? So they're going to be, you know, Clemson's going to be legit. That offense is going to be like a well-oiled machine. I'm really going to be looking for maybe one of the best the best of the season. Yeah, and that's that's. It
0: should be great, man. It should be one hell of a contest. I'm looking forward to it. I'm salivating, thinking about it. And, you know, I know that, you know, we just focus kind of on Clemson, but we might as well talk about the ACC in the whole. You know, sure, sure. The whole, rather. I think that in addition, to, I was going to touch on this later, but I might as well bring it up now. I mean, look at the whole complexion of how the ACC has changed. You oh, know, yes. You know, Rick at Miami, at his alma mater, the same Mark Riff that averaged 10 wins a year at
1: Georgia. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Can they, I ask you
1: a question about that, about that yeah, Scott? Do ahead. you think yeah. that Miami made a better hire than Georgia?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, being a little facetious, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do like Kirby Smart. I like him a lot. I like Kirby Smart a lot. I think he's a so great right guy. But this
1: is his first time being a head coach. That's true too,
0: at Georgia, at a big yeah, school was, like Georgia.
1: Yes, yeah, and wow. it's a big SEC program, and it's a first, first, first-time head coach. He better work the you know,
0: match because Georgia has some resources, and they are not patient, especially get rid of a successful coach like Mark Rick.
1: Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. Poor Kirby, I think he'll be okay, but he, he has to get together in year one. Because those, that's not a patient fan base. I mean, anyone who's a coach who averaged ten wins a season, it's not a patient fan base. I'm sorry, he has to really step in and really, really do it. Really, really, really win more than ten games, really, because with average ten games, he, they, I mean, he won like nine last year, which ain't bad, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm really worried about could be Smart. But getting back to ACC, yeah, Miami. Paid, pointing up the money, paying for Rick to come back to his alma mater, and is paying for Rick, helping Rick to find a top-notch staff, which he has on paper. Um, you know, getting Manny uh, Diaz from uh, from uh, Mississippi State, who you know he ran the the the, the defense there, and, he, and you know he led a defense to uh, good heights last year. In the last few years, a couple of years actually. Um, and bringing in his cronies on offense to help run his office, I mean, these are great guys on his staff, and that's not just Miami. You got again the alpha mission, uh, uh, Justin Fuente earlier at Virginia Tech. Buff also still back at the helm, and the most one that probably has to be the most surprising hire was Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia. That blew me away. I did not see that coming whatsoever, and Bravo to Virginia to be able to pull up to just pull off such a coup as to landing a guy like Menenhall to fix Virginia's program. It's going to be an interesting year in ACC next year. It really is. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and let's and, I mean
1: and, Sure. No, 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 I agree no, with no. you. And uh, what I, I want to say here, let's let's add, I mean that, I thought that Syracuse made a heck of a hire too that was underrated. I mean getting yes, Dino Babers to come in, you know right. he's gonna he's gonna have a lightning offense up there and that's gonna work out pretty well in the dome up there.
0: Oh, yeah, it will. And put some fannies in that seat,
1: to those seats as well.
0: So let's, yeah, let's yeah. Just map, let's just map this out on paper right quick. All right, the coaches who are already there, the successful ones now, uh, the, uh, Dabo Sweeney, of course, uh, Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino yep. in Louisville, um, going to the coast. again, these are all the already, already established coaches i am mentioning now. Uh, 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 Larry Fedora in Carolina.
1: Um, yep.
0: Cutcliffe was doing a hell of a job at Duke, okay? Yep. Pat Narduzzi and Pitt, okay? Yep. That's six. And even throwing uh, Paul Johnson, I mean, the injury, injuries killed his squad last year, but he's a good coach at at, at Georgia Tech. That's seven. Now, you got these. Now, now, the, now include these influx of new coaching names, successful coaches, highly successful coaches coming in, Mark Ritt, Justin Fuente, Bronco Benihard, Dino Babers. My God! <laughs> My
1: God! Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, the coaching is. Fun. I mean, you see some <laughs> ACC teams finally, you know, putting finally putting some resources in into hiring, you know, and upgrading their time. coaching staffs.
0: Right. It's about freaking time. I got so tired of. I mean, because the conference puts out, um, I mean, talented players in the in the draft every year for the past five years.
1: You got it, and, then, yeah, it and then, look, pretty... I even think that Dave Clawson at Wake Forest is a good coach because he's the guy who won those national championships sure. at Richmond. Then he left the squad sure. there for Mike London to win the national championship. He improved Bowling Green. He's been a winner wherever is he, wherever he's been at, and he's following the same. Same approach that the prior coach did at Wake Forest, where he's redshirting his first class, and then by the time that right. you know that redshirted first, class, you know, freshman class is a senior, they're going to be they're going to be some ballers at that position. He'll probably have some of the older players in the in the ACC when you know after three years.
0: Right, and so that's that's the thing too. So I mean, you know, we I mean finally the ACC has bonds the coaches to compete with the likes of the SEC because let's just face it. The SEC and the ACC has put in, have been putting in players, to the players, to the players into the into the NFL draft, and a lot of those same players have been highly successful on the next level, and they at the next level, and they continue to underperform as compared to the SEC and, for that matter, to the Pac-12. Um, you know, it's always about coaching. It's always about coaching. During the Pac-12 upgrade of coaching, they've taken off. And the Big Ten has improved their coaching. They're taking they've taken off. Like I mean, they they took off last year. They they. Were, and I, I I mean I I can't believe I'm bringing myself to say this, but the Big Ten was the best, probably the best conference in college football in the regular season last year. If you want to be really honest about it. Um. So and it's all about coaching. So now the ACC just got the memo, <laughs> and now they're – they're Now now they're up to speed with, I guess, the rest of his power five peers, but that's not a here or there. So let me ask you this. You're really close to the ACC scene, obviously, being on the East Coast and Virginia. Um, do you think – I mean, we all know that the perception of Clemson has changed a lot. No more yeah. talks of Clemsoning, okay? So do you think the ACC, in your mind, perception of the ACC has changed? or is it still an ongoing process and how far does it It's still going?
1: it's still an ongoing process because you need to see some you need you know people need to see I think that people want to see Virginia Tech move back to the top of the Coastal Division want to see Miami go back to the you know to to the top you know fighting with Virginia Tech for the co- top of the Coastal Division I mean if you recall I mean a lot of people think it was Swafford's vision to have Florida State and um Miami meet in the ACC title game and 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 Miami has never won the coastal division right and and a lot of that was due to due to Virginia Tech being so good for years but I mean but at the same time it's also good to see you know schools like Duke putting a huge investment in their football program their the next thing Duke has to do Scott is actually fill their seats because they're not doing very well not quite frankly they they need to do a lot better job at that but Pittsburgh get better is another, is an, you know, is another good pro, good sign of progress for the ACC. That's where, you know, that's, Heinz Field has written Virginia Tech's house of horrors. If I look at my own team and being a homer a little bit here, you know, so right. I mean, it's, it's still a process. It's still a process, but you know, the, you know, it's gotten a lot, you know, there've been some big wins for Clemson, for Florida State, for Virginia Tech, even Virginia Tech here when it beat Ohio State here, you know, last year. And, you know, so you've see you've seen people, You know, you've seen the you see the conference take some steps for improvement. Another step, like you know, just like we just talked about, was making improvement. You know, in the coaching arena, and so it's it's getting better. I I, I don't think the SEC is the dominant conference it once was. You know, so right. you're seeing a, some improvement. You're seeing some improvement from you know, not only from the ACC, but for you know a, a lot of the Power Five leagues.
0: Right, of course. And that's the thing, so it means everything's much more laid out than it was before um so i, I just i just think that for the a c c to change the perception two of the first the first two steps were accomplished a the upgrade the coaching quality across the league. They finally up the money to invest i mean i guess they stick got sick and tired of tired to talk of them being a college basketball conference and putting on right that right energy. right college basketball basket um they finally upgraded their coaching um and now and then the second step was clemson not only making it to the tyler game but doing the s for why to y number one team in the college football playoff rankings and really a few special teams breakdowns to be honest with you away from winning the national championship and yeah know, definitely definitely that. It, yeah. So I, I think we're I think the conference is almost there. Uh, but we'll see. Let me let me get you out here on this man. Um I've asked Jeff this, I've asked every person who's a fan of the ACC this question, so I ask you. Okay. What's the deal with the ACC network? What's the deal with ESPN? Do you think that given the cost the cord cutting practices of the average consumer, do you think that would scare ESPN away? from giving the ACC a channel and and, this, and, and also what make things worse are the rumors that the ESPN may pursue the Big Ten when their contract with Fox is up. So where do you see the ACC in the proverbial um, channel pecking order? Do you think a channel is ever going to come to pass?
1: I do think a channel is going to come to pass, Scott, but I think it's going to be – I think it will be a couple of. I think it will be a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I probably have a smaller, different opinion than Jeff on this. I mean, I, I you know, I don't. I, I think, I think the ACC network may come under the may come under the, ten, the may come under the tenure of another conference uh, commissioner, and that means after mm-hmm. Swafford. And I, and I, I don't. You know, and like I said, I think Jeff and I have a smaller, different opinion on this because he hasn't been. Is very transparent to not to the schools and to the fan base about the progress about that, and I'd like to see more transparency about that. And I know, Je- and Jeff and I agree on that. Jeff Jeff's blogged about that before at the site. I mean, we kind of joke halfway that our that our blog could be called the uh, the ACC Network blog <laughs> because one in every right. five post seems to be about it. I mean, but, but 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 I mean, legitimately, we do have an interest in that because like. You know the revenue disparities that you'd see between, like, say, the big, the Big Ten, the SEC, and then subsequently the ACC. I mean, it's it's in future years it's going to be big, you know. So, and you know, so we, you know, I, I think it's probably going to be a couple of years yet. And I think that, I mean, from my perspective, we may want to hire, you know, we the next commit, you know, if it's not done under Swafford, we have to get a conference commissioner that has a lot of media savvy sorts of connections. And here we're talking about Michael Kelly, of course, who was the, you know, he was the deputy conference commissioner under Swafford, And right. he would be a good person to be in that chair, as would Michael Oresco, who is the AAC, the American Athletic Conference would Committee be chairman. Allied? He worked at CBS. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, I mean, I feel like, I, because I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't want to talk about you know. St- gosh, I don't want to talk about timelines and all that stuff. But Swafford's been in that job for a long time, and I, and sometimes I feel like his impending retirement could come soon. You know, I mean that's mm-hmm. just my opinion on that situation. And it may it may come with the next next conference committee chairman. I mean, I, the thing here the thing here is that the media rights that are held ESPN has, has the media rights for a long time. So whoever, yes. you know, it's going to be, it's going to be ESPN that would be doing the partnership like that. And in order to get that network on the table and, and you've kind of touched on this earlier, and it's probably extending the topic, we have to improve that football product. It has to improve, yeah. you know? And so, you have to have that. I mean, because you already see the ACC's top. You know, the, the ACC is, a, is the I think is the best basketball league in the country. And, oh yeah. And for sure, and you know, and it, you know, the ACC just won a national title in baseball last year. Nobody thought Virginia would win it, and the, and, and the Who's won it. And so you know the, there are some strong. So there are already some strong sports leagues, but football has to get better. Of course, too. And you see the yeah. ACC making moves on that in order to do that. So you know when you. You know when when that comes there that will you know that will happen. The ACC has the largest geographic footprint, Scott. It has the most television sets. That's a very attractive thing, I think, to ESPN and it. But here's the thing, Scott. The ACC can't do what the Pac-12 did, right? It cannot do what the Pac-12 did. That was the Pac-12 decided to own the distribution rights, the conference, and. Because of that, they can't get the economies of scale. The deals that they—they're still trying to get a deal with the, with DirecTV.
0: That's right. They're still second. The How about that? Years later. You
1: know. So I mean, that's not gonna—that's not gonna work out. It has to be done with ESPN, and you know, it. I think personally, it has to be done so that you rope in like Raycom, you know, to be part of the deal, like with the local with the local with the local affiliates. So yeah, because they have I- terror- if you were to Terrorists ask me, there. It, if you were to ask me my long term view, you know, I, I would have to say the earliest would be 2017. Mm. You know, I, I mean, and we're talking late 2000, maybe 2018. I, I just, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think, I don't think it could be done in a year now because we're already in 2016. So it has to be, it would have to be 2018, and yeah. it would have to be done with with ESPN and the thing that would could speed that up, right? The only and here's one prospect that could speed that up would be if Notre Dame gets in a situation where they're tied with some of these some of these other powers and they get shut out of the college football playoffs, Scott. That's what could yeah. that's what they could decide to join the ACC and that would allow for a renegotiation of the conference rights and that's where it, that's where a network might pop up.
0: Yep, and that's that's when ESPN beat Salve of the fact that, wow, we got Notre Dame. (laughs) I mean, I I, I personally think that I still think it could still be done even without that extreme scenario of of Notre Dame being shut out. I think what has to happen, to your point, has to be a different commissioner probably. And who knows, it probably is going on in the back room, but someone has to get ESPN and NBC probably the same conversation and say, look. With, I know money talks in, the, in BS walks, but just figure out a way to get both of those channels on the same page. It's going to be ambitious. It's an ambitious plan to be sure, but just say, you know, we all know Notre Dame is special, right? <laughs> but, you know, right, what right can definitely that, what, what could be done to rope in the NBC contract, bump up everybody else in the ACC more, but maybe – somehow, whether it's under the table or what have you, be let it be understood that Notre Dame still gets a lot, get a far sh- the, the bigger share of the NBC contract. And just for somehow, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not smart enough to figure this out, but have have the rest of the financial profiles of the other schools be bumped up by including Notre Dame and having maybe getting like a 16-team like maybe that would take back the actual D- Washington D.C. area, if you will. And that, and and, that, and also Navy being not only Notre Dame's main, one of his main rivals, but an academically sound institution as well that speaks both to Notre Dame and the ACC's mission. Um, you know, that's just one example. Or, you know, to your point, maybe just time to move on for another commission. But let me ask you this. Do you think, do you really think that the commissioner, Commissioner John Wafford is do you think he really wants a channel? But And what I mean by that is do you think that it's – do you sense a, a bit of urgency with him, or is he too laid back enough to really – You know through? what?
1: I, I know. I know. I'm sure he wants a channel, and I'm sure he's working on it, because if you – I think he keeps everything really extremely close to the vest, Scott. I mean, like if you look at that, you know, you look at the way he announced how Pittsburgh and Syracuse were joining the league, right?
0: I remember that. That came out I of mean, nowhere. I mean,
1: that came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that happening. Everybody thought expansion was done and bam. He destroyed he, he 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 did he did the old karate chop to the Big East on one night, you know. Right. So I I, you know, I I know he wants it, and it's probably a lot of backroom sort of stuff that's going on right now, and he's keeping it really quiet and close to, close to the vest. But what I do think would help is if he if he if there was more transparency in right you know you know or news or that stuff to you know to fel- fellow institutions to fans that that sort of thing because I think that's where Swafford's lacking right now. Yeah, I agree with
0: that. Especially given the news that, like, like I guess it was November that um, that uh, ESPN decided to hold off on uh, set up an ACC channel for at least a net, another couple of years. So who knows when that's going to happen? So I mean, all we could do is hope. And I heard that they're going to bump up the conference rights fees for like payouts per school. But you gotta get that channel. You gotta get that channel. Hey,
1: Matthew. Absolutely, definitely. Hey,
0: Thank you very much for joining me on social, social notice. I appreciate this. This is a lot of fun, man.
1: Lots of, lots I had of fun. a lot of fun, too. I thought you were going to ask me about some ACC hoops, man. I wanted to get a little dig in here That'll about that. Time. What a car. What a. I promise I
0: that should next time. That
1: will be there. <laughs> <laughs> what about, right, what care, about Clemson? What about Virginia Tech?
0: Dude, I could talk to <laughs> you about that for another hour. but You got it, man. You well, got it.
1: I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you time. go. I know you got to get Thanks for having me come on the podcast, Scott. I really appreciate being asked. Nice. come you on. Yeah,
0: this was fun. This was very Have fun. Have a good one, buddy. Good night, man. Take care, you buddy. Guys. Peace out. That's my man, Matthew Warwick, a.k.a. Smash, on uh, Twitter. Check him out. And please check out the work that he and Jeff Vann are doing on the All Sports Discussion HBC Sports Blog. And I believe they're, on, they're also on Twitter and they're also on Facebook as well, I'm not mistaken. But anyway, another college football season coming to the end. But I tell you what, the ACC's football prospects are looking better. Just as long as you get that damn ACC channel, we're good to go. But anyway, I won't be labeled a point any longer. Let's wrap this up. This is Scott Burst of The Clown. Thank you all for tuning in. Oh six, have a good night.